If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast. I am your co-host, Amy Walker. I'm Dr. Monica Ogando. Welcome back for another episode, my friends. So I'm totally going to age myself right now, but one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid was... DuckTales. Do you remember DuckTales? DuckTales. Okay. Tell me about this. You don't remember DuckTales. So DuckTales was Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they lived with Scrooge McDuck. And Scrooge McDuck had his big money tower, and he would go swimming in his pile of gold. Like he would put on one of those old school swimsuits Mm -hmm. and a swim cap and he would dive into his money and he would swim around in his money. (laughs) And pretty much like the start of every show and the end of every show involved him being greedy and scroogey and swimming in his pile of money. And then his nephews would get into trouble in the meantime. It was an epic show. Did you not watch the show? Not at all. Oh, Monica. I know. I feel like... I feel like you feel when you realize that I don't know a song. <laughs> or a movie, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to know DuckTales. DuckTales so, so DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck, I mean, he was the epitome of like, he had all the money in the world, but he wasn't actually doing anything with it. Like that was the whole crux of his character is he had all the money in the world, but there was, there was nothing, there was no purpose behind it. There was nothing that was going on with it. I have found I am the anti-Scrooge McDuck. I'm the exact opposite. Like if I am working towards money just for the sake of money, there's no motivation behind it. I have to have a purpose and a a bigger cause behind the money. And then once I know what I'm working towards, I can get all on board with it. But if it's just money alone, it's a little bit... it's, I, if you've ever done John C. Maxwell's values training, like money's not in my top five. Yeah. And so I have to have a bigger purpose to align with the money. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is kind of the, the ethics and the responsibility behind purpose-driven wealth. Because here at Your Circle of Influence, purpose-driven wealth is one of our core values. And it's yeah. one of our principles of feminine leadership that as women, we tend to create better and we tend to create more when there's a drive and there's a purpose behind the wealth. So Monica, Mm -hmm. since you missed out on Scrooge McDuck, I am going to let you share first some thoughts that are on your mind today. Oh, is that what I get for not knowing about the details? Yeah, because I feel I feel like you missed out. So this yes, I can see that. I can see how you could see that. So here's what I'll say about that. Uh, you know, a lot of my students and my clients have heard me say, I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say, when you get that it's not about the numbers, what do I say after that, Amy? Then it's all about the numbers. Then it's all about the numbers. But because, it's, it's to your point, it's because those numbers point to a bigger purpose, to a, a longer horizon. And a lot of times what ends up happening, particularly with first-generation entrepreneurs, 
is that you're so in the survival mode that even when you do get a little bit of money and you're past survival, you still act like that disposable income is still tied to your survival. And so, so a lot of times what happens is that um, we'll use it for safety or we'll use it for status because status is social safety, but we won't necessarily use it for purpose-driven wealth until it feels like our survival is no longer at stake. And so what happens then is I want, I want everybody to think about it like kind of like in terms of concentric circles because those concentric circles are all tied to one another. One exists within the larger one, within the larger one, within the larger one, right? And so if your survival is like the smallest little circle in the middle, like we have to take care of that one first. Mm-hmm. Then we can move into providing for your family, providing for your loved ones. Then we can move into the legacy for your family and for your loved ones to make sure that their safety is taken care of. Kind of like that Beyonce and Jay-Z song that says, you know, my great, great grandchildren are already rich, right? (laughs) And then you move into a larger conversation of um, donations or contributions or tithes to causes that you believe in. But I, I want to hearken it back to this thing that I always say that when you get that it's not about the numbers, then it can be about the numbers because you have to be very clear and honest with yourself about what you're using money for. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of it? So I'm not necessarily assigning or imputing a particular purpose to your wealth. I'm just asking you to be clear about what your purpose for that wealth is. Cause if your purpose for that wealth is safety, as lowbrow as that sounds, that's still a very <laughs> valid purpose for your wealth. Totally. You know? And you know what? It can be very motivating. Um, in, in fact, that's one of my little purposes that I just decided in the last couple of weeks is I want to increase since, you know, last year was the first year we ever experienced um, food scarcity since I've been alive. I was like, you know what? I want to beef up my food storage. And so having a purpose behind where I want to dedicate some funds to motivated me to work harder because I, I have things that I, that I want and I can ascribe that to. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being safety oriented, but it's that you hit a point of safety. And if you don't expand it from there, then it becomes, you're just kind of hoarding. And so that's the part that I want to get to in terms of like those larger concentric circles, because the reason why sometimes we tithe is because, well, some people is because they think, well, if I don't do this, then God will punish me for being greedy. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily because I'm being generous. <laughs> it's not because it's not because I'm being a good steward of my resources. It's because if I don't, I'll get slapped in the hand. Mm-hmm. So you have to get clear about what your purpose is for your money, for your wealth. And as you move your conversation larger, you know, sometimes we, the, the, the smallest concentric circles about survival, it's also about the individual. And then you grow it into your family or your loved ones or your immediate family. Or may, and then the larger one could be your community, your neighborhood, your city, your town, your state, whatever, your country. Or it may be a social cause. And so as, as your definition of my I gets bigger, my eye isn't just about my individual existence. It's also about everybody that looks like me, everybody that feels like me. It's every single human being, seven billion person family mm-hmm. that I have in this planet. Then you can start thinking about your wealth as how do I use this as a mechanism to make sure that my family's all right. Yeah, I love it.
You know, one thing for me, because I did grow up in a really um, churchy family, right? Like there's families that are really spiritual. There's some that are really churchy and they don't necessarily always go together. Mine actually is churchy and spiritual. Um, And so it was this um, interesting balance of trying to understand that you're always going to put like money's never going to be the most important thing, right? Like you're always going to put family above uh, money. You're always going to put faith above money. You're always going to put certain things in priority. And we've really lived our life that way. And I'm grateful for it. But here was the part that I was missing that then you got to make money the priority. (laughs) Like my thought was, and my kind of belief that I I don't know that anyone ever taught me this or meant to teach me this, but what I picked up on was that really spiritual people don't pursue money. In reality, I think really spiritual people pursue money in the right order. So like they chase God first, they chase strong relationships second, then they go out there and they make a ton of money and they've put intention and they put focus on it. And for me, I just, it took me till I was probably in my early thirties before I was like, okay, I can't create abundance and wealth by just being a good person. Like there has to be more to it than that. (laughs) And I also can't really make the impact in the world that I see in my mind and that vision that I feels inspired in my heart. I can't really do that if I don't have money. So I'm going to actually have to intentionally pursue money with the intention that I'm going to use it to do good, to, you know, clothe the naked and feed the hungry and liberate the captives and all those things that I want to do. I got to actually have some money to do that. Here's the other thing that it is okay to use money for your betterment and your luxury and your pleasure and your um, comfort, etc. It's like, these are all post survival conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think what ends up happening is that if we're not pulling somebody out of a burning fire, including ourselves, then use your money somewhere else. Like just to get a luxury yacht, no, there's better places to put that, but, and which is, you know, with one can argue the point. Mm-hmm. However, what I'll say about that is you would never accept the blood from a blood donor who's shot in the stomach and bleeding. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I feel bad <laughs> if I were to take money advice or if I were to say, oh, you're, you're trying to spread your wealth, but you're in a survival mode. Like, let me help you out. <laughs> you know what uh-huh. I mean? And so yeah. this conversation about wealth isn't, isn't so much about um, I'm only going to do it for good causes so that I can justify being a good person. I think we need to expand, just like I'm, I'm asking everybody to expand your definition of I, that it's not just about you or your immediate family or your community or town. You have a 7 billion person family on the planet. In the same way, being a good person, being a moral person doesn't exclude luxury or pleasure or comfort yes that uh we have to just like we have to expand the definition of i meaning that you it's not just about you personally or just your family or just your city or town or state or country you have a seven billion person uh, family on the planet in the same way your um being a good person includes your luxury your comfort and how you can make that available to others as well like we have to raise the level of what it means to be okay. Yeah. 
Can I um, give a sneak peek to something that's in the book? Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're excited. We're so excited about this book, you guys. Um, so the book is going to be coming out early 2021 in January, and it is called, now I forgot the name. When Women Lead. <laughs> when Women Lead. It is called When Women Lead. And uh, the reason I forgot the name is because we originally started off with seven principles of feminine leadership, and then we decided to add When Women Lead on the beginning. So I will have it in my mind by the time it comes. But one of the things that I was um, writing about in the book in one section is there was a season in my life where I was experiencing frustration because I had all of these things that I wanted that I, I couldn't seem to ever find the time and money to bring into play. Like, um, you know, we had our 10 acre property and I wanted to do all of these things on the land. I wanted to um, build a big like pergola in the back. Monica, you'd been out there to the campsite area and I wanted to build like swings and a really nice fire pit and just all of this stuff. I, like I wanted it to be this really great outdoor space. And, um, and yet I wanted to go on vacations and I wanted to invest in my business. And there were always these other things that were competing with it. And so one of the things that I did was at that point, I said, okay, what do I really want here? Like, why do I want this? What's the reason behind the things that I want? What I wanted was time with my family disconnected from the rest of the world, enjoying outside because they were at that age where I only had a couple more years before they were going to want to be with other people more than they want to be with us. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, well, forget this. Like I can have all that right now. And so we took a, a wheelbarrow full of bricks. We took it out there and we put up camp chairs and we made our own little fire pit and we got a table from Costco and we spent every Sunday out there come home from church and we would just spend the day out there. And I, as I was doing that exercise of remembering that point where I had to say, okay, sometimes we want things and we don't take the time to think, what is the actual need that I have behind this desire that I have and how can I fill that right now? So as we were doing that, I, I thought I brought it forward. I was like, okay, well, you know, what do I really want right now? Like if I look at Amy today, what do I really want? And I, you know, I had been working for like a number goal and just not feeling super connected to the number goal. And then when I put it in terms of what do I really want, I want to go on vacation with my family. I want to dedicate more time to writing and creative thinking. I want to get more sleep. I want to adjust my pace. I want to have more people on my team that are amazing so that I'm not feeling like I'm pushing as hard in my forties as I felt like I was pushing in my thirties. And so I started to get really clear on those things. And all of a sudden it started coming together for me that things that I felt like I needed to get money to live the life that I wanted. It's, it's flipped. It's like, no, I need to live the life that I want so that I can be successful in getting the money. Because this, I'm telling you, as soon as I booked this little four day trip to Tennessee, I'm like, Oh, I'm so motivated to work hard. You know, like, <laughs> I yeah. need that time in order to be at my most productive. So it's really interesting how we sometimes position it that, that we have to, that money is going to be the reward for all the hard work instead of the result of living in alignment and in balance and with our purpose. Yes. And it, and it can be a mechanism to your purpose and not just the, not just the finish line. And so I want to give some, some practical applications for what that could look like in your life. I think the first order of business is to get your life and house and relationships in order. 
And just like how I, you've heard me say that the purpose of your life is not to breathe oxygen. But if you're not breathing oxygen, then you are not available <laughs> for the purpose of your life. Surprise! You got to breathe. And in the same way, the purpose of your business is not to make money. But if you're not making money, then you're not available for the purpose of your business. Right? Yeah. And so if you are like us, that we love the idea of entrepreneurial time freedom, the, the reason we use money, the, you, the reason why that matters so much is so that you can leverage it, so that you can spend time with your children before they start wanting to spend time with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> It, they're already there. I have to convince them to hang out with me. <laughs> so here are some things that you want to pay attention to. Number one is get your house in order. Make sure that that you're that you're very clear. And some of this has to do with financial literacy, but some of it is just like we just got to get it done. It's just kind of like housekeeping. It's, nobody likes mm-hmm. to do that, but you know it's it's got to get done. So make sure that your house is in order whether that means paying off your debts, whether that means making sure that you know how much money do I need in order to not be stressed mm-hmm. and how much money do I want for the projects that I like, like for like your vacations, like the redecoration, like the upgrade, like whatever it is, right? Making sure that you know what that is so that you can attach a number to the purpose and then the purpose pulls you towards the money, yep. not the other way around, right? Yeah. The thing is, Uh, The things that are important, the organizations that are important, the social causes that are important to you, if you cannot donate your time, if you cannot donate your expertise, it's okay to donate money to those folks. Like, I haven't met a nonprofit organization yet that doesn't like money. Right. And donations and so forth. They they incentivize you by calling it tax-deductible contribution, but ultimately what it is is you write them a check and then they use it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So align yourself with nonprofit foundations or trusts or endowments or bequeathments that are aligned with the social justice or the social causes that are important to you. And then attach your business to a movement that you deeply believe in so that when you're hustling, you, you understand that you're doing it for a greater purpose, for a greater cause. Like Tom's Shoes, for example, um, they donate a pair to a shoeless child. Mm-hmm. for every prayer that is purchased right and so you can you can at, uh, align yourself like that like for example with my business the women wealth and worthiness course we donate a scholarship for every every person that um registers for that course somebody else gets scholarship in and a portion of the profits goes to women for change and for women for women international so there's because i deeply believe in empowering women to be what financially free Mm -hmm. so it matters to me that as i teach and as i you know run my business that we're also um, lifting as we climb that's that's not just a core value of your circle of influence it's a core value for both of us individually yeah, well, and you know, it's always interesting because we plan out what we want to talk about and then we kind of each make little notes. And it's always so funny when like you say things, I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote that down too. Because there's been studies that have shown that when a woman earns money in an, in a developing nation, that like 70, 80% of it goes back into her community and raising up the next generation and is not the case when a man earns that. And I think as women, we naturally function that way, that as our life gets better, we make life better for others. But there's this gap in between. And the gap in between is that sometimes we try to jump right into service and right into cause and right into making a difference 
kids and helping and saving everybody else. But like you said, like we've been shot and we're bleeding. So it's not the time for us to donate blood, right? Um, And that's been an interesting thing for me to learn. I feel like it was easier for me to learn to make money than it was to learn to hold on to money. Because as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, let me give something to this person. Oh, let me buy, you know, Christmas for this family. And, and I just didn't have that um, sense of you've got to hold and grow your money. It was like getting seeds and then throwing the seeds out instead of getting seeds, planting the orchard and growing, uh, giving it that season to nurture and develop and then giving away apples to feed the poor. You know, it was like, let me give you a seed. It's, you know, can they really grow the tree? Do they really have the right soil? I don't know. Yeah. That's a great analogy. That's something in women, wealth and worthiness and that program is, is revolutionary because we teach that. The four mm-hmm. pillars of wealth, we call it. The first one is debt elimination. The second one is your freedom unlimited fund, affectionately called the FU fund. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is your wealth builder for your legacy, etc. And then the last one is your contribution. So you have to determine, based on the income that I'm bringing in, and once I have taken care of my living expenses, once my financial commitments have been met, exclusive of your debt because that goes into the debt elimination bucket Mm -hmm. then how much of what's left over do i put in each one of those buckets and here's the gag when you put stuff in the in the contribution bucket whether that's for your tithes or for donations or for cousin bubba and them you know when they need some bail money (laughs) or whatever it is (laughs) i don't know what your family situation is like (laughs) whatever that is if it's not in that bucket you don't I don't have it uh-huh. just because I have some money in my freedom unlimited fund, just because I have some money in my wealth builder bucket, just because I have some money um, stowed away for debt elimination doesn't mean that I now get to rob myself to handle your emergency. That's, that's not the math we're doing. And, and that's the part where we get to honor our boundaries and be respectful of the commitments that we've made with ourselves, with our family, with our legacy, with our future, with our God, so that we can then be in integrity. When I give, I'm giving from a cheerful heart and not because I'm trying to be a good person mm-hmm. or overcompensate for not being one. Yeah. I like it. You know, the last thought that I want to add is that really money is such a magnifier. And so if you have a good heart and you truly are going to make the world a better place that I feel like you have a moral obligation to step up and create a lot of wealth because think about how many people in the world that are extremely wealthy have malintentions and because they have malintentions and they have money their ability to do damage is so much greater Um, they can drive discord they can influence policy and in unfair ways. Um, you know, they, they really have the ability. And so I, I did an exercise years ago when I was trying to wrap my head around abundance where each day I would give myself a thousand dollars and I had to spend it all that day. And the next day it was another thousand to the point where you're spending like 30, 40 imaginary thousands of dollars a day. And I was like, man, I do good things with money. Like that was my big takeaway. Me having money is the best thing for everybody around me because not once did I use that money to harm someone somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like every single time that money was used for really great purposes and it created an amazing life for me and everyone around me. And so if you are that kind of a person, 
I think you have a moral obligation to step up and step into your potential because the world needs more of that. I think that has been so abundantly clear recently. In the words of the Honorable Bob Marley, evil people don't take a break in the world. Why should I? Mm. Nice. And I don't know that, so I forgive you for not knowing DuckTales. (laughs) (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) We brought it all together. Brought it all together. All right. Well, that is that, my friends. We hope that you've had some good insights. We would love to hear from you. What is your purpose behind your wealth creation? And make sure that you leave us a review. Give us a comment. Join us in the private Facebook group. And we cannot wait to have you back again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.